Hey, welcome back to this episode of the Upper Room Family Podcast. I'm your host, David, and I'm welcomed with uh, two special guests. I've got Julie. Hello. And special guest, I think this is your third or fourth appearance on the podcast, Kyrie. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so we are doing another kind of hot take, um, you know, uh, episode where we have some rapid fire questions. But first, Kyrie. You've had a different kind of fall. You stepped out there and you're part of the One Life and kind of this gap year program. What can you tell us about it? It's around Thanksgiving break. You've had a few months with these students. Just tell us all about it. Yeah. What are you learning? Yeah. So in August, I moved um, close to Wellsboro and we have a gap year program um, on a Christian comp- like camp and retreat center, which is also a working farm. So it's, it's really cool because our gap year program partners with them to use their spaces, but it gives the students a really neat experience. So in August, we had 26 young adults come. So most of them had just graduated high school. A few were a year or so out from high school. Um, And it's really just a time where they can figure out, we focus on character, calling, and relational wisdom, um, and also helping them strengthen their faith. So we do that by going on trips, by bringing in speakers, um, by, they do a lot of they do some service hours with the camp. They're on different like committees. So, like some of them are an events committee where they help plan events for the community. Um, when we bring a speaker in, it's like an intensive week of a really good speaker. So we had a week where a speaker came in and taught us about different spiritual disciplines. But it's a very hands-on program. So they taught, but then we practiced it. Um, and then the next week they did presentations on it. So it's been it's been a really neat experience. I I also get to sit and hear all of the speakers, which is amazing. And then I also have a lot of opportunities to teach um, with the students and disciple them. So I'm really, really enjoying it. Very cool. We're working on trying to upgrade our our audio at some point, but you're good. Just, you know, make sure it's a little closer to the mouth. Um, It's so hard. Uh, I got to get some better microphones. But um, I think we heard all of that and um, we're all good. So where uh what kind of trips have you been on i've seen some photos looks like you've been just all all over the country at least you do anything international yeah so we went to montana i took an eight-day trip to montana which was amazing and very fun we went to glacier national park we learned about some of the indian reservations there we actually heard from um someone who was samoan so a pacific islander who ministers to um the navajo nation um, and then we've also been down, we went to High Point Camp down Lancaster area and met with all the other One Life sites because there's three other ones across the United States. So we got together with all of them, which was a crazy mm-hmm. wild time. Um, and then we've also gone on a college road trip. So we went to Karen in Philadelphia and Lancaster Bible College. And then we actually just found out this past Friday, um, we had originally been going to go to Israel, but obviously there's a lot of conflict there. So that those plans got canceled, but we found out that instead we're going to South Africa this coming semester. So we're pretty excited about that. Wow, South Africa. How long will you be there? I think maybe 10 days. That's great. All right. Yeah. That's a pretty awesome trip. Will you go on like safari and stuff while you're there? Like we might have some, yeah, some okay. experiences like that. And then we're also going to be learning about different cultural things like the apartheid and stuff like that mm. that happened there. Now, how do they choose these trips to like Montana? And, like, what's their goal with taking you there? Yeah, so they really, like, a huge goal of One Life is to help you learn, but use all your senses. Um, So a lot of times they'll pick a 
place that they can teach you specific things or is really beautiful, but also places where they have partners. So like when we went, we stayed um, with this one at this one camp. They knew people there and like had someone come in um, and speak to us that we knew there. So we, they find like people who are really good teachers mm-hmm. in places that I really need to visit and then kind of combine those. Hmm. Yeah. Now, how did you discover One Life? Yeah. So I actually found out about it when I was in college in South Carolina. And there was a, at that point, there was a One Life location on my college campus. Hmm. And I got to know them. And I was like, this is such a cool program. Like they were so all in, they were so adventurous. And it was just a little bit outside the box, but they were learning so much. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't just like go to college, sit in class every single day. Because if you do One Life, you get 27 college credits wow. in the nine months. So uh-huh. like if your, your plan was to go to college, you're not behind yeah. at all. Um, but you get all these other experiences as well. And so I thought it was so cool. And at that point, it became like an item on my bucket list. Someday I'm going to work for One Life. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I did other things after college. Um, and then last two years ago, um, Taylor, who's a girl in my church, she married a guy named Adam Rush. And he was actually the son of Jeff and Deanne, who are the directors of Three Springs Ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, so Three Springs Ministries is the camp. And then they partner with One Life to have okay. their gap year program there. So since I was in that wedding, I got to know um, Jeff and Deanne pretty well. And then they told us they had One Life here, which is way cool. Instead of being 13 hours away in South Carolina, mm-hmm. it's like an hour and a half from my family, which was really nice because I could still be kind of involved in my little siblings' lives work here and the three spring staff is an enormous blessing like th- that partnership is just such a gift wow now how um so if somebody were listening how would they if they wanted to be a part of this you know so they just graduated high school or they're thinking like i don't know where i want to go yet what what is the requirements to apply to one life yeah so we have an application online and it's um i think it's onelifepath.org but it's called One Life Institute. And it's not Young Life. A lot of times, like, people think <laughs> when I say it that it's Young Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more common. This is One Life. So, like, you only have one mm-hmm. life here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do believe that you go to heaven here. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, they can go to to onelifepath.org and, or look up One Life Institute. And there's an application there. There's four different sites. throughout the united states so one in south carolina one in west virginia and two in pennsylvania so very cool i want to sign up yeah (laughs) i graduated high school do they take postgraduate uh college train get my master's degree (laughs) i think unfortunately i think it's cut off at like 24 24 oh just just missed out that's so old (laughs) i never got to do that kind of stuff fomo I don't no, think they it? had. I mean, I wasn't aware of gap year, even the concept of it. You yeah, know, I never you know. even heard of that until after I, we were married, had kids. It was, it was pretty forced that you either went into the military, or worked in a family college. business, or you went to college. Mm-hmm. There was no like other option. It didn't seem. I didn't know of any other option. Yeah. So I think this is wonderful. Yeah. I yeah I didn't even hear about it until like my fourth semester in college. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Yeah. So what are the, what are like best, what's the pros? What, like, what do you like about it best? Hmm. There's so many things. I think just the fact that it is such like a rich, meaningful learning environment 
um, we talk about like it's kind of like a greenhouse. It's like this concentrated time hmm. where like you have a lot of sunlight and a lot of nutrients. And so we we try really hard to prepare our students. Like it's, your whole life isn't going to be like one life hmm. um, because there is like everyone's in such close proximity. So there's really meaningful community. Hmm. Um, and there's just we have like our students are in lots of different groups. So, like you're in a breakfast club, so you're on a four week rotation, and your group we we give you the money, but you have to stick within a budget, grocery shop plan cook for the other students mm-hmm. and then they're on committees which is like they might be on the events committee so they plan events or they might be on the fitness committee so they plan workouts um or hospital that's mine I yeah should, yeah you would do, do good at that <laughs> <laughs> so i think just like there's so many opportunities for connection with other people and even in that like a lot of those are great connections but then you also because it's so concentrated you also have conflict at times mm-hmm. and so we really like walk alongside the students and help them learn how to deal well with conflict mm-hmm. um, which is just invaluable because no matter like if you go to college if you go to the workforce like if you become a mom or like you know a dad like whatever situation you're in you're going to be working with people mm-hmm. and you're going to be dealing with conflict at some point um, so, that's awesome yeah mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to look into that for our children maybe someday yeah well along that like what types of students are would you recommend or you know, would you recommend or what types of students are, um, could benefit from a gap year program? Yeah, I would say you need to be curious. Um, like you need to be willing to learn and you need to love learning. Um, you don't have to be comfortable with everything. Like one of our core values is to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, but like we, we realize that's a process that, mm-hmm. you know, everything at one life is not like some people we have are super introverted. And so one life is a challenge for them, but they figure out ways, you know, to still get some alone time and to still um, like recharge that way. But you know, we're like, this is nine months of your life where you can like press into this. So you have to be willing to press into things that are uncomfortable, willing to do things that are hard, but also, especially at our site, like in a safe environment, like I have so much trust, like for our site director and like our assistant site director and our other resident leaders are amazing. And so there's always a why behind. So like we don't just do things like just to randomly make students uncomfortable. We do it so that it can reach a certain goal. So that as a student, someone who really, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have everything figured out. But if you're curious, if you want to learn more about like how do I relate to other people? How do I know God better? If you want to like press into your faith, because we give you so many opportunities. We have like scheduled times when people can like do their devotions. We bring in people to teach about like this is how like you pr- like spiritual disciplines you can practice. So mm-hmm. yeah, just being someone and if you like to have fun because we have a ton of fun at One Life, we so many adventures. Um, even just a lot of the Three Springs staff now who work for the camp were former One Life students. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like a like a special group of people. Like they're just down to try things because our core values some of them are like being all in being comfortable with the uncomfortable so being willing to press in and just have a blast like it's, it's kind of a wild ride but it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. sign me up do you see a good mix of like guys and gals in one life as a whole like is it um adventurous enough for young men to you know i think I think men like to study, but they also need to be busy doing hard things sometimes. And like, do you, um, do you see that there's opportunities? Like I know where you're at, right? Like there's horses and Mm -hmm. there's chores and different things, but you know, what's your, um, what's your, what's your mix? And like, you know, how do you navigate that with 
maybe men and women and mm-hmm. the differences there. Yeah. So we have, we do have more girls than we have guys. We have 17 girls and nine guys, okay. but still that's a good, good, a good amount of guys. Um, and I would say like, especially compared to college, it's way more adventurous. You have so many opportunities as a man to lead, to step up, um, to take responsibility on committees, to do chores, to work with horses, to lead, ev- like to lead events. So mm-hmm. yeah. And you can, we have different like leaders of the week. So everyone's on a rotation having to turn to be the leader for that week. And so it's really Not leaders of the week, W E A K week. No. <laughs> <laughs> leaders of the week, the date. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. All right. That's just my disregard. Move on. Um. <laughs> um. So like that, and that's something you can choose like press into. Is like okay. I see. Like we encourage. We call them lows. Um. Leaders of the week. And we encourage you. Like okay, if you see, you can encourage the community. And like here's something you're doing well. Let's press into this. You can like call out the community. This is an area you're struggling. Like here's how we can resolve this. Um. So I would say yeah. There's. It's really as much as you're willing to make of it. But I would say definitely like compared to just like going to college and sitting in classes, there's so many opportunities to do things with your hands. Um, we have different, our service hours, like you can, you can work in the barn, you can work on service projects. You can, there's just so many things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, um, what about church and stuff on Sundays? Like, do you do you run a chapel or is it everyone go out in the community and get involved in the community you find yourself in? Um, sounds like your job is like 24 seven, but like, do you get any free time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's kind of like a two full question. So I'll start yeah. with the church and then I'll move to the free time. Um, so yeah, so we're very intentional at One Life that we're not a cult. We're creating culture, but we're not a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that defines a cult is that you say we have the corner on truth. So like, you're not going to find this at any other church. You're not going to find this at any other gap program. So we work really hard not to do that. So we encourage, we do not do church at one life. We encourage our students to get plugged into local churches, especially because it's so important just as a Christian to be plugged into a local church body. Um, so we give them a list of churches in the area and it's not necessarily like these are approved churches. These are the churches in the area. Here's their addresses. Here's their start times. Um, it, you know, we even put like a Catholic church on there in case you want to visit a Catholic church and just see like what, like instead of just talking about it, like actually experience it. Um, and none of our students are like attending the Catholic church for the whole year, but they visit, we give them about two months to visit different churches in the area. And then they have to turn in a form saying like, this is the church that I choose. And there's a couple of things that go along with that. They're supposed to meet with a pastor and elder at some point during the year um and just talk to them about the church they're supposed to go to like a church event so yeah we are pretty intentional about helping our students get plugged into churches and like people in the community one life has a really like good reputation in the community so people in the churches are really excited for one life students to come to their churches mm-hmm. um, and then the second piece free time thankfully uh, my boss timothy he is phenomenal in helping with staff margin because a lot of times in ministry jobs you are like on 24 7 and you never get a break um and then you just eventually burn out no matter how much you care about christ no matter how much you care about people you just eventually burn out because you're human um but he makes sure he makes sure that we take time um and so we're on like a rotation dude about so about once a month we're on call for a weekend but the other weekends we have off and then every week we're required to take a three-hour pass which is when we're just like sent we can we can stay in our room if we want we can go off campus we can do whatever we want we're not like allowed to be like 
the students aren't allowed to like ask us questions or have us help them with things. Um, so that's been, that's been really, really nice. And yeah, there's different, because it's like a schedule to also be just like, Oh, here's a random hour in the middle of the day where there's no class and there's no, or this is something that's just for students. So you don't have to be there. So you can go do your laundry quick. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it is like a pretty, all they say usually resident leaders only work for one life in that capacity for like one to three years. Um, and it's like a yearly commitment that you make, whether you're going to work that year or not. Um, just because it is like, a, we're working a lot of evenings if we have a class in an evening or a session in an evening. So, but uh, it's really, it's really fun work because it's like variety within structure. So there's, there's like, Timothy has a clear plan, but every, you know, if it's a travel week, it looks very different than if it's a mm -hmm. at three springs speaker week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you see you're halfway through the first year of ever doing it? Do you see yourself wanting to do another year or just play it by ear? Or what do you think? Yeah, I'm definitely considering doing another year. Um, it all like, depends on like other like, you know, life factors outside of one life. Mm -hmm. But as far as the experience itself goes, I really, I really enjoy it. So. Good. Yay. I think that back to the finding a church part yeah. is a part like I think that could be a whole separate episode of just navigating, finding a home church to be a part of. Right. That, you know, a lot of us that grew up in the church, right. You just grew up in your family church and this is where my parents went. And, you know, I think also there's a dynamic too of parents helping their children find the church that's right for them. Just because this is your church for you doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to forever be your children's and then your grandchildren's church. And, um, you know, I think that can be a hard thing as a parent to watch your child maybe choose a different church or uh, navigate that with them. Or just as a young adult who's traveling, who maybe went off to college and they don't know how to find a church or do you just go to the one that's closest to you? Do you just um, go to the one that's the same denomination that you grew up in? Um, that's really neat that you have like a systematic plan of evaluating churches, encouraging them to meet with an elder, to meet with the pastor, um, maybe even providing a list of like, these are the questions you should be asking um, when you're meeting with them. That's really um, something I never really thought about till just now. Mm -hmm. Also, funny story, if you haven't watched John Chris first time visitor videos to uh, different churches, pretty hilarious. I just, you know, I mean, there's a cowboy church, the Kyrie, you'd fit right in there. Uh, there's yeah. cowboy hats. Yeah, yeah, they wear cowboy hats. There's a wagon wheels on the wall. And then they had like a chuck, chuck wagon, you know, dinner afterwards. And, That's I mean, amazing. <laughs> you know, the pastor's got horses and, you know, it's all this. It's, it's the whole bit. Right. And oh, I planned that. And yeah. Actually, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> but it's really, it's funny if you want to, you know, sit down and watch, but you know, Julie and I were even saying like, how fun would it be to maybe explore, like just not that you're looking, but just to experience like, oh, like we only church. did it for what a little while when we traveled, going to different churches, getting different experiences, like, cause it's a different culture and different, you know, rhythms that different churches have and, you know. It'd be nice. I'd like the experience how other people do it sometimes. You know, I don't know. I think it's it's interesting. You know, I mean, you definitely have your own. You, you definitely want to evaluate the theology first and foremost and make sure that it aligns with the Bible. Right. Um, 
I just want to go to a church where they wear the big fancy hats, okay? And- <laughs> you could just start that at your church. <laughs> then then. I'll be the only one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, Grandma shared this story in That's church she where said, yeah. she said, you know, she like when she was a girl, my grandma's in her late 80s, you know, when she was a girl going to the church in, in uh, our town, Warren Center, um, that she uh, she's like all the ladies wore like hats, especially when they walked into you know, walked into church and especially at that time, the church was just the sanctuary, I think. So, you know, there's just a head covering, right? And now you rarely see, you know, anyone with a head covering on. And, you know, we just talked about, you know, pros and cons of, of those sort of things, right? Coming and going or, um, you know, wearing your Sunday best versus making sure, you know, someone who doesn't know that and is just coming to church doesn't feel out of place or feel like they have to get uh, cleaned up before they can come to church, right? Like it's a fine line to try to navigate some of those, um, dynamics, but anyway, yeah, back to the church thing. It's, um, you know, there's all kinds of worship, right? I mean, there's fog machine worship <laughs> band things with a light show that we experienced and, uh, they hand you earplugs as you walk in and you're like, wow, what is this for? And you know, there's a, I'm glad they gave them to me, <laughs> you know, all the way down to, you know, your, your, uh, small you know just single guitar you know it's just somebody who can play right but anyway we're a little off topic but that's cool i'm glad you're doing that yeah i think that could be a valuable a valuable episode because you know we helped our students through that process so i also just went through that process because Mm -hmm. i was living in a new place so i need to find a church oh yeah so you go to church down there right yeah okay so yeah how are you integrating with that church community i am really enjoying it so i Uh i ended up deciding on a church that um was a church plant so a really solid church in the area planted a church in another neighboring town that didn't really have any bible believing churches hmm. um but it's a really neat dynamic because they sent about i guess maybe 50 really solid people from their church to go start this church so it's hmm. only been going for about two months and it already has like 70 people so hmm. it doesn't feel like this super tiny like 10 people church um hmm. and just the people that there's such an amazing just joy and energy there because all of these people are people who are passionate about the gospel they're passionate about reaching the community for christ they're willing to sacrifice what's comfortable mm-hmm. and go out and like try something brave and something new um so and then like you know almost every week there's new people to talk to mm-hmm. so i'm really loving that i actually just went through the whole church membership process which was actually pretty involved it would probably mm-hmm. be a different episode Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I just officially became a member there. Oh, really? So now I can help. Oh. They said that I couldn't help with like the hospitality and stuff until okay. I became a member. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I guess I got to do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome. All right. Did you have something that you wanted to share about Tolkien? Or yeah. is that? I mean, how Go much time it. do we have left? Yeah, we got like 10 minutes okay. left. Yeah. And then I, we have uh, hot takes. So okay. your quick responses to some questions that I through on that sounds like fun all right so yeah so i just went my work was very gracious i used my vacation days and then they gave me a couple extra to go to a week-long class um it was through theology of the body which we talked about some of the loft this summer so it was through them but it was on c.s lewis and J.R. tolkien and their works um and it was a phenomenal experience it was a very so i didn't do this as part of my job i just did this for fun um we had to read eight books and essays leading up to it and it was an immersive, a very immersive experience. It was in about five days, we had 30 hours of lectures. 
Wow. So it was mm. it was very intense. Um, but it was just such the speaker was phenomenal. His powerpoints included music and video clips and um just like he'd read out loud to us from books and it was just it was so like it did not you sit there for a three-hour session and did not feel like three hours it just flew mm-hmm. by um and just to be there with 70 to 80 other people who just love who love truth and beauty and goodness um was just a really where wonderful was, experience where was the conference held it was at black rock retreat close to lancaster okay so Very yeah cool. do they do it every year or is it just um, this was the first, so they've been, do- Theology of the Body Institute has been doing a lot of classes, um, but this was the first time they offered this specific class. So mm-hmm. It was amazing for a first time. I was, I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Mm-hmm. It was actually, it actually also happened to be, so it was a Catholic class because Theology of the Body Institute is Catholic. Um, and so that was really, it kind of goes along with what we were talking it's about. It's off the book, right? What, yeah. The, uh, I forget what his yeah. name is. Who Christopher wrote West. Was, yeah. He wrote, he like condensed, so um, John Paul II wrote Theology of the Body, and then Christopher West, West wrote it for beginners. Yeah, so because it's like this huge textbook. So I just feel like their teaching on sexuality is so needed because they just really, like, obviously I'm not Catholic, but they just they teach so well about the value of family, um, and just like God's design and wholeness for sexuality and just like masculinity and femininity and mm-hmm. what that like what that looks like biblically. Um, so I feel like there was so much of value there and I just really appreciated like that aspect of it. And then back to like visiting churches for me, it was very much an experience of what it would be like for an unbeliever to visit a church Mm. because I'm going to this Catholic conference and I'm not Catholic and I'm not like considering becoming Catholic, but like these are very devout Catholics. So pretty much every day, every day they would have mass every day. They would mm-hmm. have like adoration and confession time. They would have like morning prayer, afternoon prayer, night prayer. Um, so being able, and I could participate in everything because I'm not Catholic, so I couldn't take the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. But even just being able, like the first mass I sat in, like I was kind of nervous because I'm not, I don't know when to kneel. I don't know when to stand. I don't know when to read with the priest, when not to read <laughs> with the priest. Um, and I was just sitting there thinking like, this is what it would be like mm-hmm. if I was, like uh, someone who wasn't a christian visiting a church for the first time it feels like so foreign people the people were so gracious and so kind they printed me out like a brief guide to catholic mass and Mm. there were certain prayers that i didn't pray along with them because i didn't agree with them Hmm. um but it was just really and then at one point like to the saints or something like like to mary and stuff like that to the saints Mm -hmm. um but it was really sweet just to be able and then at uh, partway through the conference, two really dear ladies sat down with me and they were kind of like asking me, you know, like, so you're here and like, you seem to be a very devout Christian. It's like, what's the rub for you? Like, why don't you want to fully come in and like be able to take the Eucharist? Um, so that was like also a really neat experience because they just had so much, they were genuinely like caring for me. Um, and so to be able to experience what it would be like, like what it's like for other people, if I'm evangelizing to them, mm-hmm. like, almost being evangelized mm-hmm. to myself. Um, and they just they just have such an appreciation for like beauty and the sacred that it was a really valuable experience and I feel like I learned so so much and a lot of that was because of their like open openness to be like okay like what can we learn from you as a Protestant and you know I was open like what can I learn from you mm. like as Catholics mm-hmm. so it was a really a really and um, Tolkien himself was Catholic he yeah. was not so yeah. it was really it was really special. Hmm. Did they get into like their writings back and forth about? Did they? Did Tolkien and Lewis ever document any of their 
debates about Protestantism versus, um, you know, Catholicism? I'm guessing they did, but I think I might have been the only Protestant of the entire class. Uh-huh. So that they weren't really, like, focusing on both right, of yeah. those. They talked more about, like, C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien. They did talk about, like, how Tolkien helped C.S. Lewis become a Christian. Okay. Um, and they also talked about, like, their writings back and forth about their writing. So they talked a lot about their relationship, but not yeah. specifically, like, he was Protestant for these reasons, and he was Catholic uh-huh. for these reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if, like, Tolkien and um, Lewis themselves, like, debated, mm-hmm. you know, just I'm between sure the two did. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would have been awesome to be a fly on the wall knowing what we know about yeah. those guys now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got some hot takes for Kyrie. So, Kyrie, actually, you kind of started this at the loft, right? This yeah. uh, hot seat moment. So, we're just putting it out for everybody to get to know Kyrie a little bit better. Um, what worship song is your favorite right now? Ooh, I really like um, Welcome to Our World. A song, it's, I think it's by Chris Rice, but the version I like is sung by J.J. Heller. Hmm. And it's about like Christ like wrapping himself in flesh and coming down to earth. Okay, what's it called again? Welcome to Our World. Welcome to Our World. Have you ever heard of it, Julie? It's also a Christmas song. Huh? I'm not very good at remembering song names and artists. So All right. Well, I go mean... look it up on Spotify. <laughs> Right after you subscribe to this podcast. Um, all right. Let's see. I think we answered this one. Would you recommend a gap year program to everybody? Yes, I would. Everyone. Unless, unless, okay. I would recommend anyone who wants to do college and anyone who has any like question about what they want to do in life, which at 18, you should not be, uh, you know, like saw a few, very few people are like this. I'm sure like I'm going to do this. Um, but even if you're sure, I think it's helpful. I would say like maybe not if you say that there's like a family business that you know I can step right into this. I'm passionate about this. Then mm-hmm. maybe not. But just like the level of relational wisdom and soft skills, um, and just it makes you press so much into what you believe and why you believe it. That I think I think it's really valuable for anyone. Chime in, Julie, if you've got a burning question. My next one is, what's your favorite hobby right now? Um, well, I've been hosting a lot of hoedowns at Three Springs. I think we've already hosted three since I moved there. And then I brought a bunch of people back for the doings hoedown. So yep, yep. You I brought mean, a crowd. already had a swing dance and barn <laughs> dance and line dance. <laughs> that made me realize we're going to miss the dance that they're having at the Warren Center Community Building. When is it? It's December 16th, I think. Oh, they're having yeah. Sarah come out and do square dancing. Hmm. So maybe you'll be there, Kyrie. We will not be. Check on the date, because somebody told me they thought it was December 11th, so there's a possibility. All right, I will look to figure out the exact date. Got to go to the the gas station and look at that community events board. That's where I saw it. I don't know why I started talking like this all of a sudden, because we're talking about a hoedown. <laughs> very fun. Very fun. And I got to keep the accent because my next question is, well, tell me about these gold cowboy boots you have on today. <laughs> well, my red ones are wearing out, which is a tragedy. Um, <laughs> and as I was... <laughs> Tragic. Every girl, according to Kyrie, should have red cowboy girl boots. And um, Are those the red ones? No, these are, oh. these are my, these are All new right. gold ones. I was looking... You didn't like spray paint them no, gold or no. anything? Okay. So, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So I, I'm still going to get a pair of red ones because I don't feel like I can. Those are kind of like my signature boots. Right. But when I was looking for them, someone told me about this website, Poshmark, online. that You can buy things used. And okay. so I saw these gold boots for 60 bucks, which usually uh-huh. boots are like 200 mm. yep. So I was like, I need I need. So it's like dyed boots. leather that's gold yeah. and sparkly. And Arians, which is like Arians. the best brand. Okay. 
They're fancy. Wow. They I like them. Thank you. That's a statement piece. <laughs> Not everybody can pull off cowboy boots. Especially Goldman. <laughs> <laughs> My dad always wore cowboy boots. I don't know why. Yeah. He always did. Huh. I never got in his own. But yeah, he still does. If he goes out somewhere. They're very comfortable mm-hmm. and fun. Yeah. I think next time I go to Texas, I'm gonna have to come back with some you authentic have, have cowboy, cowboy boots. boots. No, they're, they're not like real. They're like tractor supply boots. They're not real. Well, <laughs> for as often as you wear them. Also, have you seen that? Uh, I think that's also a John Chris thing. He does whenever he travels, he has like uh, he'll put a post up on a story of like real cowboy or fake, and it's like somebody sitting in an airport or something, and somebody would zoom in on my cowboy boots to be fake hashtag fake news. I know they told me in Nashville. Because when I lived, I'd already been wearing boots for a long time when I moved to Nashville, but, you know, they're all like, okay. But they told me in Nashville that I was authentic because I wear my jeans on the outside of my boots instead of oh. on the inside of my boots. So inside of the boots, to me, that would seem like if you wear them on the inside of your boots, that sounds more unreasonable. So I would think you're more likely to actually be a cowboy because you just don't care. Well, I don't know. That's what they said. They said if you, like, if you tuck your jeans into your boots. Yeah. Then that's like that's not authentic. That's like you're trying. Oh, who would tuck their jeans into their boots? Well, the top part of a boot is the. This is turning into a boot discussion. <laughs> the top part of the boot is the fancy part. I know, but like, so you got to show it off. You'd have to wear really tight pants to tuck them in, like skinny jeans. So it's like if yeah. you're if you're wearing boot jeans with boots, then you're more. Authentic. Well, no cowboy would be caught with skinny jeans. Skinny, well, that's skinny what I'm saying. That's why I guess I better yeah. go look this up online. I'm not. I'm not in the know of the boot you know, style. So I'll have to check it out. I mean, I wear my LL Bean boots and they're always out, you know, with my skinny jeans. So I'd probably be fake. <laughs> <laughs> we can teach you. Can I don't know what the uh, correct boot-cut jeans, posture is for bean boots. Jeans. All right. Pizer, I know it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. What's God teaching you in the past couple weeks or months? Yeah. I feel like, Honestly, this has been, I feel like it's such a season of gentle growth. Um, I mean, you guys know me, you know my story. I feel like there's been, there's been a lot of seasons that are hard and painful, and I have learned through them, and I've grown through them, and through suffering, I have found hope. But this season is such a gentle, like it's a being taught by grace and gifts and kindness. Um, I really feel like mm. with David, just like the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places and just so grateful for just this opportunity hmm. um, and i just feel like god's just been opening my eyes to just so many things that are true about him um and then just in an environment where yeah i just it's like such it's fostering that like good trusting growth hmm. Hmm. amen Love it. julie any questions for i'm good right now Good now. No burning questions for Kyrie. I'll I'll talk to her later after this. Is <laughs> the off mic conversations are the ones that need to be on mic. Um, anyway, final question for me, selfishly: What topics do you want to hear on the podcast? You're a huge supporter. I know you share it a yeah. lot. What uh, What's the world need more of from the Upper Room Family podcast? Um, I really liked the the episode you had with Justin and Amber. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently, I think people's stories are very powerful and like i had no idea that was part of their story um and i like i think i like love them more and just have so much respect for them mm-hmm. and so i think bringing people on to share their stories like you know they have those stories but not everyone knows 
yeah mm-hmm. those testaments like god's goodness and his grace mm-hmm. and his power yeah mm-hmm. yeah we're having episode 2.0 at some point yes. justin if you're listening get back to me because we got to set that up but <laughs> um yeah they want to come back on and share a little bit more about you know just like kind of some nuts and bolts of like yeah. um you know counseling and what does that look like how to find a counselor you know who you know kind of talk a little bit more about that process because we didn't have time but yeah that episode is quickly by far the most successful not successful but most listened to i guess podcast episode that we have yeah they have a powerful story and i knew it would be we talked about it several times justin and i even when they were in the thick of it just saying listen god's creating a story he's weaving Mm -hmm. a story Mm -hmm. through this and you know just yeah it's cool to see him walking in, you know, the light yeah. side of that story. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful because, like, I didn't know that was part of, like I said, I didn't know that was part of their story. And so I've seen the rec- reconciliation and the joy, like the deep joy that they both have. Mm-hmm. And so then to hear that like, that's where it flowed out of is just um, yeah. it's beautiful. And especially to be like, these are people in my community that I know. This isn't mm-hmm. just a book that I read, even though, you know, I love books. <laughs> like, this is like a real living, walking example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's about wraps it up. Anything you want to get off your your heart, Kyrie, that you want to leave the people with? Um, I would just say one of the things I learned at my class. This is a word that you can take with you. It's called lacuna, and it is it sign it talks about what it means is a pause um, that you don't put any anything into that space. So lacuna is a pause where you don't put anything into that space. Um, and we've just been learning a lot about like sitting in God's presence and a conversation isn't just talking, it's also listening. So creating those spaces in your life where it's distraction free mm. um, and where you can be in God's presence. Um, uh, one of our speakers recently said that always producing a slavery, mm. um, the Egypts, uh, the Egypts, <laughs> the Israelites <laughs> in Egypt um, were slaves and they always had to produce. And then when God brought his people out, he said, like, on this day, you will rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how easy it is for us to never have those Lacuna moments, but mm-hmm. how important it is um, to have those rhythms in our lives where we work hard and then we rest well with mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, when you're done listening to this episode, have a time of Lacuna, maybe five minutes even, right? It doesn't have to be super long. Just just uh, take some time, be in prayer, um, or just listen, right? Yeah. Just be at rest. Well, thanks for sharing, Kyrie. Thanks for spending some time on your Thanksgiving break with us. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I always love being here.